Welcome to the Liberal Europe Podcast, European Liberal Forum Project. I'm your host, Ricardo Silvestre. And today I have on the podcast, Andrea Virag. Andrea is the Director of Strategy at Republican Institute in Budapest, and she is the right person to tell us about the 2021 opposition primary process. And, in particular, how that process then will lead us to the 2022 parliamentary elections. So if you want to know more about this important moment in contemporaneous Hungarian history, you are in the right place. Andrea is going to explain us how the electoral process happens in Hungary, what are some of the expected outcomes of this primary process for the opposition, and hopefully so, a way to beat Fidesz and Orban from power in Hungary. So with no further ado, I bring you Andrea Virag. I'm here with Andrea Virag. Andrea, thank you so much for coming to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's great to have you here. And because we're going to have a very important conversation about what it is, the 2021 opposition primary process in Hungary. So that's a mouthful. And I'm going to throw it to you right away. Tell our listeners why is this happening and the importance of this happening at this moment. Well, thank you so much. And uh, yes, I think for the for Hungarian politics, but certainly for Hungarian opposition, it's a it's a historical moment, and it's the first time that uh, the opposition, or for that matter, uh, any other political force or side in Hungary, is organizing uh, such a primary process. I think in order to understand its importance, you have to understand the. Uh, two basic things about the Hungarian political system and the current Hungarian political climate. The first of which is a very technical issue, which is the Hungarian electoral system, the system of uh, how we choose our uh, members of parliament. It's a mixed system, uh, which means that we elect some of the representatives in a proportional way uh, by party list. 93 of the 199 MPs are elected by the party list, but the other 106 members of parliament are elected in a single district. And mm -hmm. in those uh, single districts, uh, you can win the seat by a simple majority. Mm -hmm. So to refer to a very common example, uh, the UK uh, has the same uh, system, this uh, first-past-the-post uh, system, uh, we call that. So we have a system uh, which favors the bigger parties, basically. And, in, and right now in Hungary, of course, we have Fidesz, has its electoral base, which is very sure that they want to vote for Fidesz. So they have like, uh, let's say, one third of the population. And if the opposition is fragmented, then that one third of the population might be enough for them to reach even supermajority in the parliament. So it's a very disproportional system. And in order to defeat Fidesz, the opposition has to be more united because if the opposition is fragmented, like it has been in the past 10 years uh, where when we had uh, 
five, six, seven, or even more small or middle-sized opposition parties, then with this electoral system, you have no chance, basically, to defeat Fidesz. So the opposition has to come up with a, with a solution to have one candidate to stand in the single district to defeat Fidesz candidates. That's one thing which is very technical. Of course, you can have uh, solutions for that. You can have deals. You can, you can just decide based on knowledge, based on polls, based on a lot of things. Uh, but we had the elections in uh, 2014 and also 2018. And, uh, you know, the conclusion was that the opposition parties are not ready to deal with this question and they can't decide on their own. So you have to come up with a better solution than just uh, just behind closed doors deals. The other thing that I have to mention that uh, you have to understand in order to understand uh, the Hungarian political system is that the opposition uh, had troubles with dictating the political agenda in Hungary. So basically, uh, what you've been seeing in Hungary is that Fidesz decided what politics is about in Hungary. Uh, if they decided that politics should be about uh, about Hungary's fight with the European Union, then the opposition reacted to that. If the if the Hungarian government launched an anti-migration campaign, that the opposition tried to come up with an answer to to that so but it was it was never the opposition that came up with the issues and tried to dictate what we talk about and uh, what the important issues are it's because of a lot of things for for once they are fragmented so all little middle-sized parties try to come up with their own agenda and they just somehow cancel each other because one party is talking about social issues, the other one is talking about climate issues, the third is about rule of law issues, all of which are important, but they cancel each other out, unfortunately. We have to face it. And the reason because they cancel each other out is because the media landscape in Hungary, is, I'm sure a lot of listeners uh, might know, hugely controlled by Fidesz. So the opposition has a huge disadvantage in, you know, just appearing in the media and just reaching uh, voters. So it's uh, really hard for them uh, to control the agenda with this kind of situation where they are in a huge disadvantage to the government if you look at uh, the media landscape, financial resources, human resources, and so on. So I think these are the most two most important issues in Hungary right now. And the opposition, uh, if they want to win the election, they had to come up with a solution for this. Well, I have to say that Republican, uh, our institute, has been uh, suggesting uh, the primary system for a long time now, I think for six years. Uh, so we are very happy that uh, it is finally taking place because the primary system and primary election is something that gives a solution for every problem that the opposition has. 
So it's, of course, first of all, a technical solution to find the one candidate to stand to challenge Fidesz candidates in single district. But it's just the basic thing. The other thing is that uh, with the primary process, the Hungarian opposition can finally be in the media. They can finally control the political agenda. And of course, as we now approach the end of the first round of the primaries now in Hungary, we can say that it was very successful. The, the past, I have to say, one or two months in Hungary was about the primaries. So it was a success. They reach the voters, they reach the voters with their own issues, finally. So they are not reacting to what Fidesz is doing, but they are explaining their own vision, how they would govern Hungary, what issues are the most important for them as opposition parties. So it gives them an opportunity to finally present themselves uh, to voters that might never heard of these opposition parties or politicians before. So it's a, it's a huge thing. And, and of course, it's a deeply, as a liberal, I have to say, it's a deeply democratic way to decide uh, which candidates should run against Fidesz candidates in 2022. Because of course, you give the decision to the voters. You have an election and then the voters decide. It's not background deals. It's not, uh, you know, power and polls and everything else, which are legitimate instruments, I have to say, but it's more democratic to give the right to decide to the voters. For our listeners who don't know, Republican is not affiliated with any political party in Hungary. However, you guys do a tremendous work uh, in your country, and you just mentioned that for six years, you guys have been presenting this idea as a good way to move forward with this definition of democracy in Hungary. Now, you being outside the system, let me ask you, how do you think then the machinery is working and how will the machinery work after the uh, this primary election? So the opposition got together and they decided we're going to go this route so that we can be unified, have a unified front against Fidesz when the parliamentary elections come. But will there be a risk of the people that lose those uh, semi-races then later on saying, don't vote for that candidate because I don't want you to vote for them or the unification is almost complete? What is your take on the field on this one? Well, yes, it's a, it's a tough question. Of course, we, we have debates uh, now in Hungary. I have to say not on the prime ministerial level. Uh, the, the the primary election for prime minister is uh, fairly quiet right now. I mean, exciting, but it's uh, peaceful, more peaceful, I have to say. Uh, but of course, you have some scandals on the local level. So in some some single districts, inevitably you will you will have some you will have some scandals, and of course there are some you know processes that are underway to to exclude some uh, candidates so so the committee will say they have to withdraw or not so we have we have uh, we have those issues but uh, but i think uh, what you mentioned is that maybe those who who lose will i don't know eventually run in, independently or just uh, or just you know mm -hmm. urge voters not to vote for the winning candidate i think it's not that viable So in Hungary, now you have a huge pressure, a huge, huge pressure 
from the voters to unite. So, you know, the voters were, I have to say, faster and more clever, I have to say, than the parties, because they knew, even four years ago, before the 2018 general elections in Hungary, that the opposition should be cooperating. They didn't really understand why they are not cooperating. Of course, it's not true for every opposition voters, to be fair, but you, you could feel the pressure even four years ago. And right now, it's, of course, uh, even bigger and more important. So if, if you would have some losing candidates, you know, not, uh, not respecting the results of the process, I think the voters will punish them, basically. So you can run independently, but you won't get uh, many, many votes, I have to say. But of course, that's something that the parties will have to work on and they will have to, you know, take care of those uh, losing candidates. I think we will see a lot of deals uh, with losing candidates given uh, places on the party list, so you know they can be compensated if they if they lose in a, lose a tight race, then maybe they can get a get a seat from the list. So you know you have a have have a all kind of solutions to 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 deal with that. And but I have to say from a technical perspective, every candidate uh, who is running at the primaries has to sign legal documents. So this is also a legal responsibility for them to respect the results. But of course, we know how politics work. So politicians and politics will, will, have, to, will have to take care uh, of them. And I think they have a lot of uh, tools uh, in their pocket uh, to do so. And we discussed this not too long ago in Poland, in Łódź, during the Freedom Games, which actually uh, there was a podcast here uh, about that. And Andrea, you, you just grabbed something that we did talk while we were in, in Łódź in Poland, and that is the pressure from the electorate to say, hey, guys, get your act together. Let's work together to uh, beat Fidesz and to get Orban and his cronies out of the government. This you mentioned, you felt it four years ago, but how much more intense is now? How much more the Hungarian people, the Hungarian citizen, the Hungarian voter is saying this has to end and this is the time to do it? Well, I think for them it's pretty obvious. Well, beside, uh, I don't know, campaigning for primary elections uh, for the last six years, the uh, Republican also uh, conducts uh, opinion polling, well, every month uh, in Hungary. And, uh, you know, it's a question of methodology now in Hungary, but it's a, you know, very interesting uh interesting issue for, for, for us researchers that uh, what's, what's the difference if you, if you poll the parties running separately at the general elections, so you basically ask them if they would vote for Fidesz or the Socialist Party or the Green Party or Momentum or and so on, or you ask them whether they will vote for Fidesz or for the joint opposition list. Because the reality is that there will be a joint list. So we know that this is a fact that they will have one common list at the 2022 general elections. But even though we know that, 
you know, it's important and maybe interesting to know how parties are doing separately. So sometimes we measure both of those with separate questions. And the fact is that if you ask whether you would vote for Fidesz or the opposition, the joint opposition, the opposition is generally, or I have to say usually, is doing better than if they would run separately. So it's not just that you can aggregate the opposition into one list, but you can add some. You know, not much, maybe one, two, three, four person, depending on uh, which polls uh, you, you, you see. But, but you see that there are a lot of undecided voters who can't decide between the very colorful and rich, you know, palette of the opposition parties. But if they are running together, then of course I will vote for them. So it's easier for the voters to, to, to choose. It's easier for them to understand. And thus, of course, they put the pressure on opposition parties. Now, another thing that you mentioned, and that is the fact that there's a stream of information reaching Hungarian citizens and Hungarian voters from the state-run media. And that can cause a lot of intentions of voting Fidesz just because there is no other information or there is the, the other options are not so clear. And you just mentioned that fortunately with this process, people are a little more aware of that. But one discussion that we, we, you and I actually had and other people that I know is how to reach those people, how to reach those people in rural areas that just listen to Fidesz propaganda and they don't know the other options or what kind of other policies are there for them. And I, uh, this is a personal note for our listeners. I, again, like I just mentioned, I was in uh, Woods in Freedom Games and I declared an, an opinion that caused some controversy about what level of energy and money and time should we spend with people say, that say, no, I'll vote Horban no matter what you tell me. But first of all, we need to reach those people. So tell me, what is the mechanisms? What are the initiatives in Hungary right now to try to reach those people and break a little bit the spell of just being under that influence of state-run propaganda? And then we'll talk about the second point, which is, and then how to convince them. Yeah, well, uh, what, what, what you have to understand is that the Hungarian population uh, is very polarized, which is, you know, not a unique Hungarian phenomena. You see that in other uh, European countries or the United States and so on. But what you have to understand is uh, the political situation is that you have like one third of Hungarian population uh, quite convinced that they should vote for Fidesz. You have another one third of the population quite con convinced that they should vote for the opposition. <laughs> but you have one third of the population in the middle and the elections will be decided by that one third of the population, or at least some percentage uh, of that of that one third of of the population. So, so first of all, you have to reach them. Of course, you also uh, have to reach people who vote for for Fidesz. But, but the opposition is even having trouble with reaching those undecided voters who will who will decide the elections. So, so it's a it's it's a fairly you know complicated. Uh, 
task that the opposition uh, has uh, in front of themselves. I I think you know with 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 Fidesz controlling. I don't know, uh, a big majority, I won't say percentages, but a big majority of of the Hungarian uh, media, I think the opposition cannot really fight that just in the media world. So they have to meet with the voters. I, I, I am having trouble saying this because you know it has become such a cliche in Hungarian politics and the, in the in the last uh, few years or I have to say decade uh, soon that you have to go there mm-hmm. you have to go and meet those voters you have to have uh, offices there you have to have politicians there you have to you know just crisscross the country and meet everyone you cannot win the elections if you are, if you spend, I don't know, eighty percent of your time in Budapest, and the other twenty percent of your time in other major cities, that's a that's a recipe for for losing. We tried that, I have to say, and and it didn't work. So the only solution is to to go there and to meet those you want to meet and uh, and that's why the primaries are good because now the opposition has several candidates in every single district in the country so from the very western side to the very eastern side and so on and you have to go everywhere uh, you you see voting tents you know the the voting right now are, are taking place in in, in tents uh, uh, put out by the opposition. You you see those tents everywhere in the country, uh, not just in Budapest, not just in big cities, but in in smaller settlements. Of course, not every settlement, but you know uh, you can you you see the opposition. You see that they are there. They had to collect signatures in order to run. So you saw every party everywhere uh, over the country just collecting signatures for their candidates. So, you know, it, 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 it provided the opposition with huge visibility throughout the country, far bigger than any other, you know, thing, thing that they have done in the, in the last decade or so. Now, the second part of the question is, are you one of those people, and I don't want to put you on the spot. If you don't want to reply to this question, that's perfectly fine. Our listeners will understand. But when we have not, you know, eternal money, eternal time, eternal energy, and you just mentioned that one third of the Hungarian population will vote Fidesz, you know, until the sun burns out. Are you one of those people that believe that we should try to reach those people anyway. I'm just, I'm just concerned because what we've been seeing, and you just mentioned the United States a minute ago, the eternal quest for the Trump voter in a diner in the middle of nowhere in the United States, could that ha- also happen in Hungary, which is all this time and energy spent with the Horban voter in some, you know, rural area in Hungary? Or do you think that the opposition should try to aim for everyone? What is your, what is, what is your take on that? 
it's a tough question and uh, you know it's uh, different from one viewpoint and then other so you, you know from a purely you know strategic uh real politics uh driven point of view i would have to say that uh, no you you don't spend your money on trying to reach voters that you know devoted Orban fun, funds and uh, you know they will vote for Fidesz no matter what so you shouldn't spend your money on it because you have limited resources as i have mentioned in i think my my first answer you know the opposition has very limited resources compared to what Fidesz uh, has so you should really be very clever with how you spend those money but also how you allocate your human resource because of course you need activists uh, you need a lot of things so you should be clever and you should of course uh, you know mobilize your own voters because of course it's important that they turn out at the elections uh, actually and reaching those undecided voters who are leaning towards the opposition and can be convinced to turn out at the election. So as a strategic point of view, I, I have to say uh, that's what my advice would be for the opposition. On an other level, I think, you know, as a citizen and as a, as a Hungarian liberal and as someone who is I have to say a bit worried about how polarized our population is and how big are the the, the differences are so big the, the the bubbles are so closed and everything that in order to you know create a more peaceful society I should say it's it's important to reach out to also of course to Fidesz voters what Fidesz is doing right now how they govern is that they 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 govern for their own people everything that fidesz is doing is for to keep its base because they know if if they have their own 3 million voters mm. if they keep together that base then they are not fine because the opposition of course can do better than than at previous elections but they are in a good position so they they don't care about undecided voters. They don't care about uh, you know young urban population, which is you know quite uh, quite liberal or progressive or at least opposition voters uh, basically. So they don't care about about us. I have to say they, they they fight with the EU because they know that it will keep its base together. They 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 la- launch a huge campaign uh, against the George Soros because they they know that it will ke- keep their own base together, and the opposition has to do better than that. So if the opposition wants to offer a real alternative to what Fidesz is doing, they will have mm-hmm. to somehow unite. Uh, mm-hmm. the opposition and I, I i know that it sounds uh idealistic uh maybe some would say that it sounds naive even and i know everything but i think uh 
if if the opposition would really try to to cure a lot of uh, problems in the Hungarian society, then uh, they will somehow have to reach out uh, to those who won't vote for them in a million years. Well done. This is the political strategist uh, talking, but at the same time, a heart of an Hungarian liberal. So this is pretty <laughs> good right now. Andrea, as we're getting to the end of this conversation, please uh, tell our listeners how they can follow this process, how they can follow Republican work, because you guys are doing also an excellent work, not only on propagating ideas, but also doing research, as you mentioned, and doing polls. So how can people know more about this? Uh, well, I would I would suggest uh, to follow the the work of our European partners. Uh, I think uh, right now, of course, uh, we 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 talk under the umbrella of the European Liberal Forum uh, in a podcast, uh, and uh, we, as Republican Institute, we I, I'm sure we will publish studies in uh, in, in at, at for liberty as well. So I think uh, if you want to follow uh, what is going on in Hungary, it's a good idea. To, to follow those uh, European liberal networks. But of course, Republican Institute also has a, has a Facebook page uh, and, uh, and a web page, and uh, we try to upload our uh, work uh, also, uh, on, uh, also in English uh, so that our international readers, followers can, can understand what is going on in Hungary. I'm going to put all these links on the podcast show notes. I've been speaking with Andrea Virag. It was a long time coming finally to have you on the podcast. And I'm going to ask you to come back because then as we're getting closer to the 2022 election, we should do a refresh on the situation about the Hungarian elections. But for now, thank you so much for talking to me. It was a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. I'm back. Just reminded that you can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. And if you feel like it, give us a five-star review. In that way, you can help us spread even more liberal values and ideas. And this is all for now. I'll be back soon with more podcasts. Until then, let's keep making the world a better place. The Liberal Europe podcast is organized by the European Liberal Forum with the support of Movimento Liberal Social in Portugal. This podcast is co-founded by the European Parliament, and the European Parliament is not responsible for the contents of this podcast or any use that may be made of it. The views expressed on this podcast do not necessarily reflect those of the European Parliament and or the European Liberal Forum. Mm-hmm.